Hey now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey now. Andrew McLean, Trish. Hello. The infamous conspiracy show you've all been waiting for. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Over the Line After Dark, the conspiracy show you've all been waiting for. And can I say that I... Whoa, that's, that music is scary. I'm getting a little nervous. You caught me off guard. <laughs> um, it, it was it was a lot less, a lot more stressful than I anticipated putting the show together. Well, I say putting the show together. Starting to put the just show. Starting <laughs> the recording of the show was extremely stressful because we literally had to rearrange the entire studio, like the whole thing. Yes. Um. the The tables turned a different way. We had to change the lighting up. If you guys could see what this studio looks like, you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> looks like a freaking hoarders episode in it's here. It's awful. It's awful. There's lights hanging from the ceiling, ring lights. But I'm excited. In a few weeks, we're going to have a whole new studio or this the beginnings of a whole new studio. Yeah, we got a lot of changes coming up uh, as far as all of this goes. But uh, excited to do this show. Um, we have been anticipating it for a long time you guys have been anticipating it for a long time and here it is yes and we, just in time yes we've had uh, a lot of stuff going on in the news related to one of the biggest topics you guys keep bringing up and that is ufos ufos we actually had a patreon this week ask us to look into um the ufo videos that have come out recently and why the Pentagon is choosing to release this stuff now. So that is what we're going to look at tonight. And uh, it's it's very real. I actually had a conversation with somebody today about this very issue. And he was a, a military guy, Marine. And um, he's like, you know what? There could be a completely logical explanation for this stuff that we're seeing. Or aliens could be real. He's well, like, I don't know. Aliens could be logical, though. Why well, wouldn't sure they, they be? Are. I mean, do you feel like we're actually the only ones around? Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about aliens? That's what I came here for, so you can convince <laughs> me that aliens are real. Oh, I don't it's know. my job to convince people? Yes. Well, I'm a believer. I've been a believer for about 20 years. Really? Well, and you also used to live in New Mexico, as some I did. people know. Yeah. Um, Visited near, Roswell. Visited, how, how far from Roswell did you live? Eight hours, maybe. Well, that's not too far. It's yeah. closer than Birmingham. Well, it was a trek. Mm. When we went down there to visit Roswell, we got lo lost on the White Sands military base. And uh, that was an experience. Is that where they keep the aliens? We, we were in a, at a black blazer at the time, tinted out windows, completely black. And we got surrounded by military vehicles with guns. Nice. We were lost on the military base. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was my mom and I and my two daughters. That sounds exciting, It actually. was exciting. It was like, what have I gotten us into? Especially for a young child to experience something like that. That had to be fun. <laughs> well, Lauren was probably two or three and Kyla was about eight. Also, Six. before we get too far into this, <laughs> I want people to know that keep up with Over the Line, the, the Over the Line podcast, and you're watching this. Um, if you watched, uh, whenever you're watching this, last week I had uh, tried some pickle-flavored spicy whiskey, and I said I will never drink it again just because it does not taste that good. Look look how much of that. that I, I said that last night. I just opened it last night, and I look at it. Yeah. And now I've got it back in here in the studio. 
Are you going to drink more? Probably. I was really surprised when I saw you carry it in here. I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to go <laughs> by the store, okay? Oh. So, Trish, you've done a lot of research when it comes to this stuff. Not just the years of, of research that, you know, you've done just generally keeping up with this stuff, but mm-hmm. you've done a lot of research over the past few days and yes. uh, brought really a lot of new information. Uh, and I think we're going to be able to kind of uh, package it for for people to really comprehend what all is going on right now. Well, I really wanted to tackle his question as to why the Pentagon is admitting after all of this time that these UFOs are real. And so that's what we're going to tackle tonight. Can I go over the timeline of what's going on right now and why it's going on? Um, because as I was researching, there was so much information about UFOs. And I kept going down different rabbit holes. And I was like, we're going to be here for three days talking about this mm. if I don't narrow this down. And then we'll just do some separate videos later on, um, you know, narrowing down things like the Skinwalker Ranch and things like that. So, yeah, there's there's too yeah. much when it comes to this. I mean, this is an age-old question, really. So it, mm-hmm. it's not something we can cram into one podcast. But, no. Um, but we'll at least answer his question or try to. Yeah, and this is a, this is a topic that will be revisited time and time again when it comes to uh, the After Dark episodes. So. I'm so excited that we're finally doing this. I know, it's weird. I can't believe we're actually pulling it off. I know. I've got to get used to this position that I'm in because I'm so used to seeing the same thing every time I do a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm straight on. I know where my mic's positioned at. Now I feel like my mic's all in the way. And <laughs> You're a noob. To, and, and this is actually, you're using my my mic that I've been using. Uh, this is the new one. Oh, so you had to have the newest No, one. I didn't. Well, I wanted mine, but oh. I removed it, and I was like, crap, <laughs> now i got to use the new one. And the new the new boom arm for the mic. So, Well, we're going to have a new table in here, and hopefully... Uh, New background and some soundproofing here soon. Yep, we're looking for green screens. It's going to all change. All kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. All right, so I thought it might be uh, best if we kind of visit the timeline um, of the videos that we are seeing now in the past year. Starting in April of last year, we had three videos that were released and confirmed by the Pentagon that, um, that they were authentic, and then we had some... This year that came out, actually last week, we had another video that came out. So um, I just wanted to kind of talk about the timeline of what has brought these videos to light. Okay. So back in 2007, um, Harry Reid was the Senate Majority Leader. Um, Him and Tim Stevens, or Ted Stevens, I'm sorry, secretly appropriated $22 million to create an organization called ATIP. Okay. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So this is something that they did in secret, which, by the way, how do you get $22 million under the radar to do stuff like this? That's how government operates. That's that's, how politics operates. That's crazy. That's that's, uh, just like the UFO stuff is an age-old question. That's that's also an age-old question is how does corruption, how is it so rampant now is wasteful spending so rampant 22 million dollars mm-hmm. and they're just able to secretly appropriate it to something nope yep so anyway um they created this organization that was going to study ufos ghost goblins all kinds of st- kind of like the x-files did right. you ever watch that show no uh, well i mean i'm probably seeing you know 30 
minutes of it in my entire life, just really? bits and pieces. I, never, I love it. I never prob- got into it. I like the first five years. I loved it. It was so good. Mm. And then after that, it kind of dropped off for me. But anyway, that's what this organization was going to do. It was going to investigate UFOs and such. And then in 2010, well, actually, let's back up to 2007. Um, when they started the organization, they were specifically studying Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, do you know about Skinwalker Ranch? Yes, we, we've watched a little something on that in the past. Okay. You and I. Okay, so Skinwalker Ranch, we'll do a whole video on that because that's a whole other topic. Um, basically, it's a ranch where all kinds of things happen, like they have high levels of radioactive material. They have animals that come up dead with... Um, no puncture wounds and no explanation as to how they died. They also have animals that they find slaughtered that look like they've had surgery right. done on them. Okay. Um, just all kinds of things. And then also the skinwalkers, which are supposed to be creatures that take on, um, different animals during the day. Like, like they look like a wolf, for instance, during the day. And then they change shape at night. Transformers. They're like shapeshifters. Did you ever watch the show True Blood? No. They covered shapeshifters in so, that show. Yeah, I've never been a sci-fi guy, and so that's why you're having to hold my hand through this topic, <laughs> because I've just never, it's never been a thing for me. Well, True Blood was really good. It was a show about vampires, but then they had things like shapeshifters in it um, and stuff like that. And sometimes I feel like Hollywood depicts some of these things so that we can kind of wrap our brains around them so that when they come to light, yeah, we've kind of... Do you think that's a possibility? I think so. I I, I think uh, I think the government is heavily involved in Hollywood, I think and so too. Um, they are able to dictate things that are produced, movies that are made, or subliminal messages that are put out there. You know, when it came to, you've seen the documentary on uh, uh, movies and shows putting in subliminal messages. It'll be like uh, if. If you're at the movies, they'll flash a quick picture of popcorn, and you don't notice it, but your mind notices it. Hollywood didn't come up with that concept on their own. They get that from agencies like the CIA and other governmental agencies that teach them how to do that kind of thing. And, you know, your first question is, well, well, you know, they will profit from it, and that must have been the trade-off. It's like, hey, let us sneak some of our messages in there, and uh, we'll let you use our state-of-the-art technology of subliminal messaging to make money at the concession stand or something. Wasn't there like a big lawsuit 20 or 30 years ago? I think so. At the movie theaters for that? I think Mm -hmm. so, too. But anyway, so once they, um, 2007 with Skinwalker Ranch, move on to about 2010, and they brought in um, a guy called Alexandro, okay? Alexandro. Alexandro. And his name was Luis Alexandro, and I'm probably saying it wrong, but he ran a tip um, for them up until about 2017. And when he discovered these videos, or when these videos were brought to him, and all the evidence that he was unearthing um, as he was running a tip, he tried to bring it to the Pentagon and tried to bring it to the Secretary of Defense, and they would never meet with him. And he tried for years to get in there and show them that, hey, we've got a threat here and we need to take it seriously. And they would not meet with him and he got frustrated. So he decided to resign and go to the New York Times and and sit down with them and give them all of the unclassified documentation that he could, including these videos, because he figured if I can't get a meeting with these guys, 
will take it public. Then they're going to be forced to deal with it. That that will get uh, mm-hmm. people in government and even politicians squirming. Once you threaten to uh, go to a media outlet, which right. will snatch it up in a heartbeat, that will uh, that'll get you some results. Well, and then the dominoes started falling because you see, um, Trump made Space Force the fifth arm of our. Um, which seems like a good idea now. Well, I, I mean, if we're being honest, it seemed a little crazy at first. Almost well, like it was a gag, and now it's like, with this UFO stuff, it's like, okay, maybe we do need a Space Force. <laughs> yeah, and then some people are trying to say that he created the Space Force um, because China is interfering with our satellites, and that that's what the intentions for the Space Force was, but others think it's because the UFOs are an actual threat. Right. And uh, there's a lot of evidence of that. Um, well, if we're being honest, the fact that we we're seeing these things fly around... Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's being everybody has admitted. Hey, there's something out there, and we don't know what it is. And the fact that our military and our government ha- has to admit we don't know what it is, and we don't know how to catch it in order to examine it, mm-hmm. that's scary. Cause, yeah, because we, we here in the U.S. we we are used to having the most powerful military in the world, and and we're you know we're comfortable with the idea of knowing that we just get what we want. We Push other people around if we need to, or whatever. There's no other country that's coming around and bullying the U.S. Mm-hmm. And there's no weapon in another country that we can't handle. But what is this? Right. We don't know what it is, and we don't know if we can handle it or not. Right. That's scary. Very scary. So we've got a clip here of Alexandro. If you want to play that. Yeah. So that's who this guy is. Yep. That's who that is. Okay. Let's see what he's got to say. When Elizondo took over in 2010, he focused on the national security implications of unidentified aerial phenomena documented by U.S. service members. Imagine a technology that can do six to 700 G-forces, that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour, that uh, it can evade radar, and that can fly through air and water and possibly space. And, oh, by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet still can defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. Elizondo tells us ATIP was a loose-knit mix of scientists, electro-optical engineers, avionics, and intelligence experts, often working part-time. They combed through data and records and analyzed videos like this. A Navy air crew struggles to lock on to a fast-moving object off the U.S. Atlantic coast in 2015. Recently released images may not convince UFO skeptics, but the Pentagon admits it doesn't know what in the world this is. Or this. Or this. So what do you say to the skeptics? Some of these videos date back to 2004. Okay. And you can go and see, um, like, David uh, Fravor. He's the one that filmed, you saw there, the Tic Tac video. Mm-hmm. And the Tic Tac UFO was the one um, that was caught, caught off the coast of San Diego back in 2004. And um, you can go on, like, Joe Rogan, different places like that, and see him get interviewed for... No, he he was on the Joe Rogan podcast he was on, talking yeah. about this issue. Yes, that's what 
this guy is right here. Okay. This is from Joe Rogan, or this no, is this is the same guy. That's David Fravor. He's just talking about. Yeah, that's the next clip. Okay. David Fravor. Mm-hmm. Talk to me, David Fravor. Let's see what you got. I did five cruises to the Gulf. I started right after Desert Storm. I had an entire squadron. I had 12 airplanes and 330 people. This is mine. This is what we typically flew at night. You can see these little brackets here. November 14th, 2004. It's a clear blue sky. There's no wind. And you see this tic-tac. It's just this white object that's randomly moving around. It makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. I remember telling my backseater, I said, dude, I don't know about you, but I'm a little weirded out. It's not a helicopter. It doesn't have rotor wash. There's no propulsion. There's no wings. It rapidly accelerates and disappears, like, poof, gone. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I chased a UFO. But I like to just crawl back under a rock and yeah, see so myself again. Basically, the way this story goes is kind of interesting. We were following these things up to 12 at a time on radar for two weeks. Okay. Okay. They sent these guys into the air just for normal flight training and didn't tell them that these things were in the sky at the time, but they were seeing them on radar and they happened to see them not knowing that they were going to be there and started reporting back and the guys on, you know... On the boat, we're like, yes, we've been seeing this on radar. Just get as close as you can and see what it is. Right. Um, they didn't have any missiles on board or anything like that, so they couldn't fire upon it, but they wanted to at least look at it and see what it was. Mm -hmm. um, the first time they went up, they got a glimpse of it. Uh, couldn't get close to it because it disappeared. The second time they went up, they were able to get it on video. Um, I think they said there were six of them that saw it right. at the time, but they have been watching them on, on radar for like two weeks. Right. That's kind of crazy. Up to 12 at a time in the sky. It, it was such common knowledge within the, the, that area mm -hmm. of the military that these were out there. It was not shocking to them because they were seeing it on such a regular basis. Right. Uh, there was one guy, and it may have been that Alejandro guy, um, or I think it was somebody else, and said, you know, there was at one point where they were seeing this thing every day for day two after years day, for two years yeah and n nobody within that two years raised enough alarm bells to say something has to be done we have to know what this is right well the problem is that you know back in the 40s when ufos became very mainstream people talked about it it was on the front page of newspapers um everybody was getting involved in it the government decided to pull the emergency brake and say, hey, we've done a study. There's nothing to see here. If you're seeing UFOs, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it kind of shut a lot of people down. So, and that's true in the military as well. When people would start reporting these things, they were treated like, you don't talk about that, you're crazy. Don't ask, don't tell. Very much so. For aliens. Yeah, for, like, for, for a little green Not people. for your sexuality, but for aliens. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people would report it, but then that person wouldn't report it up the chain or they just wouldn't report it at all. Right. They would video it with their phones and just keep it to themselves and tell their families, but they wouldn't go up the chain with it because they were afraid they were going to look crazy. And in 2019, our government did 
implement something, letting them know, we do want to know your experiences. Please let us know when you capture something on your phone or when you do see something. I mean, can we be honest? Like when it, in the past, uh-huh. when it came to the people that had been abducted and anally probed and all this stuff, <laughs> like the the people that were telling their stories on these documentaries or these TV shows, I mean, maybe the craziness was caused by the alien experience, mm-hmm. but these people looked like full-blown lunatics. There was rare you saw one talking about his experience where you're like, yeah, guys got it together. Well, I think it's kind of like when I lived in New Mexico, anytime I saw somebody from Alabama on TV... They were wearing overalls, no shirt, one tooth, no shoes. Roll Tide. That's right. So, you know, I think it's kind of like they selected the people that were going to look crazy. For TV. For TV. For ratings. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So. That's what I'd do. I'd find the craziest one of y'all out there and be like, make up an alien story. I will never forget when I lived out there, there was a tornado that came through Alabama and they had a woman on that they were interviewing no bra on. She mm. was in her night clothes, hair and curls. Get it, sis. I heard a train. Sounded like a train. Like, That's what we say. For those of you not in Alabama, that's what we say. When you hear the tornado, <laughs> when it's that close, it sounds like a train. I just cringed because I was like, why? Every time my home state's on TV, this is what, what you see. Sounds like a Dollar General <laughs> AC unit. <laughs> so I think that's part of it. They elect to to put people on that well, look crazy, so they're not believable. Well, maybe that's maybe the government's involved in that too. Well, and I think too, a lot of people, you know, didn't want to have that stigma, so they wouldn't come forward and say, you know, I saw you feel a credible person anyway. Wouldn't come forward, right? You know, you don't want an accountant talking about his UFO experience because <laughs> you might believe him, yeah, right? That's right. This guy's completely normal. All right. So uh, Alejandro, um, which I've, I've watched, I think, an extended interview with him. Mm-hmm. And then the last guy's name was what? What do you mean the last guy? The last guy we just watched. Oh, Fravor. Fravor, David that's Fravor, right. yeah. Okay. And Fravor was on... The Joe Rogan podcast. He yeah, Joe Rogan has actually interviewed a lot of these people. Really? He's a good source to go to because he sits down with them for like two or three hours at a time and really... Must be nice, Joe had, Rogan. <laughs> he's had like George Knapp on. He's had um, Jeremy Corbell, David Fravor, all of these people. Yeah. Bob Lazar. Do you remember who Bob Lazar is? I've, I've heard you mention his name a hundred <laughs> times. I don't so, know that I know who he is. So but. Bob Lazar was the the engineer that worked for on area 51 back in the eighties and he worked on, what is it? Chemical element 115. Yeah. Is that what it was? I or are you just guessing? I'm just guessing. Anyway, the, the government has spent 20, 30 years trying to discredit him. And they finally came out last summer and said that he was in fact, correct. Hmm. He was validated after like 20 or 30 years of being, um, looking crazy. Yeah, pretty much. Poor Bob. Yep. <laughs> Poor Bob Lazar. Anyway, Bob Lazar was on Joe Rogan as well. And so Jeremy Corbell's made two two films about Skinwalker Ranch mm-hmm. and about Bob Lazar. Okay. So you can watch both of those. And we've seen both of them, I believe. Have we? I know we've seen the Bob Lazar. Do we have a clip of, what did you say, Jeremy Corbell? We have a, clip, a Joe Rogan clip with Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp. 
And George Knapp was, um, he was a journalist back in the eighties that had nothing. He, he didn't think about UFOs. He wasn't interested in them. It's not like Art Bell who his whole career was around talking about ghosts and UFOs and things like that. George was just a normal, um, journalist that talked about normal stuff. And the, the opportunity fell into his lap to learn about UFOs. And that's what this clip is. Okay. Let's, let's try this. Please, Joe Rogan, YouTube, don't, don't, um, <laughs> don't kick us off of here for, for playing Joe and, Rogan. And the leer that he's referring this is to. This a hack tip, if anything. The leer that he is referring to in this clip is from Lear Jets. So just so you have some context. Gotcha. Uh, George, uh, I think that you're probably like one of the most important figures when it comes to journalism and UFOs. And when you uh, broke the Bob Bazaar story, was that, is that 89? When was that? 1989. 89. 1989, um, I, I remember reading about it. I remember hearing about it. I remember watching clips on television and watching countless Bob Lazar interviews. It all came out of you. I mean, did you think at that time, I mean, what was your thoughts about UFOs before you had met Bob Lazar? And how much did it change while you got to know him and hear his story? It changed quite a bit. I had not really given it much thought at all. Uh, You know, probably the same level of curiosity as most people. You go about your life, you pay your bills, you go to work, you you love your family, uh, and it's always out there somewhere. Hey, I wonder what the deal is on that. But not had not really dwelled on it until it was a day in 1987 into the studio comes a guy named um, John Lear and I had heard sort of a a little bit about him his family was famous his dad developed the Lear jet the eight-track tape John had run for the state senate and he had a certain amount of credibility with our news organization KLAS TV because he had helped us break a really big story and the story was the stealth fighter the F-117 he had told my boss Ned Day managing editor about this amazing plane that was invisible to radar flying up in Tonopah in Area 51. We had an interest in Area 51, not UFO related, but Ned broke that story. It went national. So John Lear comes into the station one day with a stack of what turned out to be UFO documents. He plops them on Ned's desk and says, Ned, this is going to be the next biggest story, the biggest story in history. It's a UFO cover-up. Aliens are here. Technology has been recovered. Ned takes a look at it and says, I'm not doing this story. If it was true, I'd already know, know about it. Uh, this is crazy. Well, I'm eavesdropping, as I tend to do. I'm a curious person. So I, as he's going out, I said, Lear, let me take a look at this material. And I looked at it. I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. So is this I, the story the you're was, talking about? Uh, well, he goes into talking about underground bases on Mars. He okay. goes into talking about um, treaties between aliens and the U.S. government and this was back in 87. If you go and watch this whole clip, he starts talking about how Lear brought him all of this evidence of these things. Fast forward to now, and we've got the um, former Israeli chief of, yeah, the Israeli general who has come out. He, he was the general for 30 years, and he has come out and also said there are underground bases on Mars and that there are treaties between aliens and the united states as well as israel Hmm. break out the theremin because this next story is just begging for a spooky sci-fi background after 30 years at the helm of the israeli space security program and after receiving three israeli security awards retired israeli general and respected professor chaim eshed is now unveiling that yes there are aliens among us 
Yes, Israel has made contact with them, and no, humanity is not ready for them. Also, before you start doubting his words, the 87-year-old Eshed was clear in his recent interview with the Adiotachonot News that he's not talking about immigration, but rather about a galactic federation complete with an underground base on Mars where there are American and alien representatives apparently present. He also explains that President Trump both knows about them and was on the verge of disclosing their existence only to be persuaded not to by the Federation Whoa. in order to avoid mass yeah. hysteria and panic here on Earth. <laughs> so, so basically... <laughs> Look at Trump. <laughs> He's in, like, he was about to let the cat out of the bag and they stopped him. Yeah, so basically... That's why I hate the government. Yeah, this guy's confirming the same thing that Lear was saying in 87 about... Uh, about the underground bases and the and the treaties between the aliens and the U.S. government. Right. So basically, we're being told by these different um, higher-ups that we have aliens that walk among us now. Mm-hmm. They just look just like us, but they're mm-hmm. here to do experiments in the U.S. in the U.S. on uh, on people. So the the people that we see out in public, not all of them, and they look really weird. <laughs> And we look at them and we say, that's definitely an alien or probably not the aliens. It's it's the more no, normal looking Maybe people. Maybe so. Like, when you see somebody out in public and they look like a men in black character. No. You're like, oh, look at that guy. That's obviously an alien. <laughs> but it turns out they just look weird and yeah. they're not an alien. Who knows? I think my friend Kim is an alien. Wait, Kim? Mm-hmm. Kim D? Mm-hmm. Have you talked to her about it? No, but she's everything else. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, she hasn't told us she's an alien yet. The the moment she does that, can we? By the way, just to be, why are we fuzzy? Are, I don't are we know. Fuzzy? I guess I'm waving my hands around. Um, I think one day, and I know this will be like nails on a chalkboard for us, but one day when the topic is appropriate. We bring Cam D on the show. I would love that. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my God. Whew. It wouldn't be nails on a chalkboard, not to me. I'm sweating just thinking about doing that. You're just jealous because she's been on CNN like five times. She has. Here, let's be. Uh, this this is the story of Kim D. Okay, and I'm, I can't believe I'm doing a Kim D. <laughs> Are you D gonna segment. get me in trouble with my friend? Nah, she'll be all right. She doesn't care. Um. She literally, she she came to us one time, and this was originally during uh, a big political race in Alabama. Well, you have to hold on. You have to foreshadow this with saying she has all of these huge stories all the time mm-hmm. that you you hear them, and you're like, "There's no way that's real," right? And they always turn out to be true. And so, so this story starts off with her coming up to us and asking us some questions about politics. Yeah, she's she like, called me at work one day, and she's like, "Who are you voting for, and why?" And, and I told her, and she's like, okay, thanks, bye. And she she's <laughs> asking us questions as if someone would do, if they're just entering the world of politics, and they kind of, they're like, hey, I want to start keeping up with this stuff, see what's going on. So it's general questions. Mm-hmm. And within two weeks, she tells Trish, hey, um, I was on CNN last night as a political analyst. <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, this, this woman's so full of crap. Hey, no way. She sends the link. She was on CNN as a political analyst, and I'm like, 
what what bizarro land am I living in? This is crazy. Well, and what was even crazier was when she called me and she's like, what are you doing tonight? And I told her what I was doing. She's like, well, I'm going to dinner with Doug Jones and his wife, and I wanted to see if you wanted <laughs> to come. Doug Jones is a, was the last senator in the state of Alabama. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And so the point of that is, is there is a good chance that Kim D is an alien. That's right. If I know anyone in my life, that would be it. But what convinces me that she's not is she would have never been able to keep it a secret for this long. She would have told somebody. I don't know. She would have said it on CNN. She'd be like, hey, this is what I think of this issue. By the way, I'm an alien. They're real. I think I did see two two eyelids, though. Like the... <laughs> oh, God. What if, what the, if she... The reptilian eyelid thing. What if she shapeshifts right here on the podcast? You know how much we go to the gym. I think if she could shapeshift, she would have done that already. Yeah, I'm going to shapeshift to about <laughs> 60 pounds lighter. <laughs> could I please shapeshift with you? <laughs> mm. Oh, do that. <laughs> so, uh, the uh, retired Israeli general. Yes. He uh he lets a cat out of the bag and says, "Hey, you know, there's all this all this stuff going on that y'all don't know about related to aliens and research and right." So now, on and, so and he forth. was over the equivalent of our NASA. He was over that for thirty years. Right. Yeah. So he is definitely, definitely accredited source. Yeah. And. With him, where where is he now? Do we know? I mean, is he still in the game? Is he no, still? No, he's retired. He's like eighty seven. But he's not. Doing he wrote the... a he wrote a book a few years ago, and they just um just now translated it to English, or they're in the process of translating it. But but he's not doing the media rounds and no, going on television shows, and he's he, not on Tucker Carlson. Talking I think about... he did one interview, and they've just shared it because it's not even in English. So yeah, yeah, I think. I think most the most places you'll see it, it's translated. Right. Yeah. Which you played it, didn't you? The new story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just played it. That's what I thought. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what you'll find. But you can find his original interview if you look. Yeah, we'll do that on one of the future podcasts. Yeah. And so, Tucker, um, he, he played a video, what, like three or four days ago? And this is where it really caught my attention. When I when I originally saw the piece on Tucker, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. This guy is, and he's got a way with words. No matter what you think about him politically or whatever, he's got a, a way of explaining this stuff and it really catching your attention in the sense of making you think, critically right. think. And that's what caught me on this one because, I, again, I'm just not one of these guys that I don't watch sci-fi movies. I don't think about aliens. And so this piece was like, whoa, wait a minute. We've interviewed a number of experts on the show, people familiar with footage in the possession of the U.S. military, who have said there is tape out there of unidentified flying objects descending from the sky and then disappearing into the ocean. Well, today, that video emerged. The Pentagon has just confirmed that the footage is real. You're seeing it now on your screen. It was taken by the Combat Information Center aboard the USS Omaha on July 15, 2019, off the coast of San Diego. As far as we know, the UFO in question was never recovered. There was no material indicating a crash. More than that, we don't know. Tom Rogan is a Washington Examiner columnist. So you see well these videos over and over again that are on infrared. Um, and you can go on YouTube and watch them if you want to. 
but they have some that are triangular shape, which I think is interesting, or more of a pyramid shape, which I think is interesting because you see pyramids repeated over and over again around yeah. the world in time. So I think that one's pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of that eight ball mm-hmm. when you shake the eight ball up and it's got the little cube and I mean the pyramid or triangle inside of it. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Gives you an answer. Kind of looks like that. That's what the video looks it's like. It's fascinating so. to watch this footage. Yeah. Uh, and and just see, hey, that that is an un- unidentified flying object, and we have no idea what it is. Again, no. I, I can't stress enough how scary of a thought that is that we don't know. Well, clearly they would have wiped us off the planet if they wanted to by now. But well, well you think about it, like if these people are that th- these beings are that advanced, right? What is stopping them from having like a nuclear weapon? Well, if the mullahs in Iran can figure it out. No, well, they they think that that's where the nuclear weapons came from. They just dropped them off? Ba- <laughs> well, back and in, why did they pick Iran and Russia? And back in the 40s, um, we released a document saying that we recovered alien technology and we used it in Japan. So, hmm. um, and they also say, and see, this is another video I was going to do later on, but that they saw the nukes go off from outer space. And that's why all of a sudden we had a flood of UFO sightings because that got their attention. They're like, yo, what's going on <laughs> yeah, down are here? are using our technology. Wait a minute. Why so, are the neighbors so loud? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, presidential document saying we we recovered this technology and we're going to use it. Well, here's my thing. If they are as advanced as we are perceiving them to be, then they probably can pick up our channels, our news channels where they're at, or at least, you know, get some get some internet up there and search our, our, our websites. They know that they're a big topic of discussion right now. So the question is, what are they going to do in response to all the talk? Well, what if they are the media? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be a kicker? <laughs> what a plot twist. Well, what do you, do you they, th- they became the media in order to shape the narrative around society. And it uh, turns out that they've just been kind of, you know, having fun with it. Like, it's like an episode of Practical Jokers, but they're, they're actually aliens. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, now report that blah, 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 blah. And they all start laughing. And then we're all here like a bunch of zombies, you know, just taking, taking every news article at face value. Well, we just covered a few high ranking officials that talk about this, but researching this i have found so many people talking about it and most of them say that yeah they exist the u.s is in talks with them we're just not ready for it so they Mm. don't want the general public to know and do you think maybe that's why they were stressing to get trump out of office because he was going to put it out there now that would not surprise me and i don't even think it would be anything about trump or you know joe biden or whatever i I think it would have been whoever made the decision to cut that information loose and give it to the general public Mm -hmm. they would have they would have been hey we we got to get you out of here well you know that in june you know the the um 
I'm Snap drawing a blank. Do you stay? I'm drawing a blank. You can do it all by yourself. You're supposed to deliver a report to Congress by next month about all this. And that the, Trump set the ball rolling for that. Right. That is correct. And that's something that he talked about a year ago, that he was going to release the secret weapons. He release was going to let everyone Kraken. know about the UFOs if they existed. Mm. So maybe that's why they work so hard to get him out of office. Well, as we produce more and more of these conspiracy shows, that just means we're going to have more and more information to talk about. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. There's so much that I unearthed. You know, I was a huge Art Bell fan. Correct. And I, I would literally sit in my driveway when I lived in New Mexico. His show was on overnight, and I would get off work at 12 o'clock, and we didn't get radio signal inside the house. So I would sit in your car for two hours, sit in my car for sometimes four hours. I would listen to that show. I get home and and I would sit there and and he would be on a topic that was so interesting. And he had people like George Knapp on and stuff like that. Bob Lazar was on his show thing, you know, people like that. So I got to listen to this stuff back in 2002, 2003. So she used to sit in her car for hours listening to coast to coast in the Mm -hmm. driveway. But now, now, she sits in her car in the driveway for hours while watching Amberlynn Reed <laughs> and the Thousand Pound Sisters Please on YouTube. Don't call me out, <laughs> Amy Slayton. This is uh, this is your number one fan. I am not her number one fan. Wouldn't it be good though if she subscribed to? Her, I uh, completely to her thought about getting a cameo done by Amy for you. Saying, subscribe. Subscribed over the nine <laughs> after dark. Can you believe that three years ago you talked about her on your channel and she, I mean, on, on your radio. show, on the radio. Yeah. And now she's got her own TLC show. I know. That's Not, so crazy. It, it was, uh, I like to, I would like to take credit for her success. I mean. You know, we, what we should do, and, and I know we're wrapping up the show and this is off topic. And mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a conspiracy show. But... If we do an episode one day and we don't have a conspiracy, can we just do an Amberlynn Reed reaction show? Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We'll do that. We'll do that on the next episode. Well, we can do an addition to. We'll just can... do an extra one. Yeah, we'll yeah. just do an extra one. That sounds good. I think we should do it. So I think we're definitely going to have to do another episode once this report's been released. Yeah. So the question for this episode was supposed to be. Why are they releasing these documents now? Mm-hmm. So following that timeline, it seems like the general public, as well as this Alexandro, um, they're forcing the Pentagon to release it. Right. You know, last year we had a million people that threatened to storm Area 51. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. How many people got arrested in that one? It was a lot, right? <laughs> I don't know how many people actually they showed were like, up. They can't stop us all. I know, but and then you got all these movies coming out, like these documentaries with Skinwalker Ranch and Bob Lazar. So the general public is getting used to the idea, and they're asking more questions. What if the Area Fifty One rioter pothead hippies are the one that set this ball rolling? Could have been. And they're like, dude, we can't, we can't afford another st- stunt like that, so we're gonna have to cut it loose. Yeah. And some people say that the Pentagon is just using this as a ruse to get more money uh, to put into the Defense Department. So, who knows? What who do you knows? think it is? I have no idea. I'm, <laughs> You've been asleep? I, well, I just... 
I feel like I've been asleep my whole life and I'm waking up, so I've got to process it all. Yeah. I don't have a I don't have a conclusion to this. I really think it's it's the people are forcing the narrative now. You know, they're forcing them to talk about it. Yeah. I don't think they want to. I think they've been fighting it, so Maybe it is. Maybe the people are taking the power back. What do you guys think? Let us know. Yeah. In the comments. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking about that as well. Um, anything else we need to leave these guys with? No. We don't have social media for this channel or anything like that. That may, that may come in the in the coming days. Some of y'all know us. Maybe for some of y'all, this is the first time you're seeing this video. But just keep an eye out. We'll put more out there. And we plan on having some uh, some pretty good discussions about some pretty good conspiracies in the Absolutely. future. Absolutely. I'm so excited. This is, uh, and uh, to be honest and transparent, this is Trish's dream come true outside of meeting the man of her dreams with <laughs> Prince Charming. <laughs> this is her dream come true. She's always wanted to do a YouTube channel where she talks about conspiracies and Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Yep, we're finally making it happen. Finally making Gotta it make happen. Make Art Bell proud. He would. He's looking down on Trish right now, smiling. So until next time. See you, cuz. <laughs>